You're listening to The Doers Podcast, right here on The Doers Network. And now, here's your host, Donald Robinson II. Welcome, everyone, to The Doers Network. I'm Donald Robinson II, your host. And on the line, we have Nicole Mangus, founder and creator of Brute Detroit. And we're going to talk about Brute Detroit and many other things, wonderful things we'll have to talk about. So please tune in. Thank you for listening. So, Nicole, how are you doing? I'm great, Don. How are you? Wonderful, wonderful. So we, for all of you listening, Nicole and I have known each other for quite a little while here. And just all the wonderful things she's doing, um, I want to make sure that you all understand and listen and find out. We're doing wonderful things here in the Detroit, Michigan area. And Nicole is part of that progress that we're all part of. So with that being said, Nicole, let's uh, talk about your background of experience and what your business is and things like that. So what, what's, your, what's your background? Well, I've got kind of a weird background, I guess. Um, so I, I have a, a degree in political science, and then I have a master's degree in city planning, urban planning. Um, so I kind of found myself at the convergence of uh, community development and economic development. And I started working as a, the assistant director of a research center at UVM Dearborn in the College of Business and did a lot of research related to economic development, entrepreneurship, job growth, innovation, and uh, I kind of nerded out for a while. <laughs> I did oh, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of spreadsheets and, and data and statistics, and I had some students um, taking a you know a, a independent study course that I was I was offering, and we did a lot of work in the community <clears throat> and got a chance to kind of get out and uh, work with some nonprofits in Detroit and throughout the region, and that that really brought me to uh, Grandma Rosedale area which is in kind of the west side of Detroit, more north, though, nicely situated along Southfield Freeway sure. and uh, Grand River. And <clears throat> we did some really cool projects out there working with the local nonprofit on their farmer's market and um, getting to know the community. And you know, it was really just maybe five minutes up the road from where I was at in, at U of M Dearborn. But uh, the more I got to know the, the just the neighborhood and the residents and the business community, I, I really fell in love with the area. And uh, about 2015 is when I decided to finally take the big leap and leave my my job and become an entrepreneur. And at the time, I was really focused on social enterprise and supporting startup nonprofits and businesses and their adventures of you know doing good while making money. And so I was doing some consulting, um, but I kept kind of going back to this neighborhood and in, in you know the Grandma Rosedale neighborhood and. Uh, Lo and behold, they were interested in um, having some sort of bar or a wine bar or a fun place that they could go hang out. And as I was hearing folks talk about this, it kind of struck me that, well, gee, I have, you know, I have this background in, you know, nerdy stuff, (laughs) economic development stuff. But, you know, to put myself through school, I bartended, managed and was a waitress. So I had about 15 years of service industry experience just kind of sitting on the shelf that I really wanted to dust off because I missed it. I missed talking to people and, you know, the, the hustle and bustle. And, you know, it was quite a departure from sitting behind a desk in a cubicle all day uh, right. at UVA Dearborn. While that had great value, it was still just, you know, I missed that, that, um, that like vibrancy of, you know, revolving door of people and, you know, moving around a lot. So, uh, it's just also happened that a friend of mine had passed his sommelier exam uh, and he was kind of working through that process of becoming kind of this expert wine person. Okay. And so uh, we kind of joined forces a bit and pitched the idea to the local nonprofit that does a lot of development in the area and they really loved it. And so we really just kind of hit the ground running trying to figure out how we could open a wine bar without spending oodles and oodles of money right out the get. And um, that really led us down the path of testing out the idea in the form of some wine tastings. And we grew that um, pretty quickly. Uh, Soon after we did our first few wine tastings, we got our first client by word of mouth and we started doing private events. And then we tried to test out a different aspect of opening the wine bar by doing uh, what we called the pop-up wine bar. Yeah. And so we, um, you know, tested the the full service aspect by having a wine menu, doing food, and we just did this 
you know, small scale pop-up at a, a coffee shop in the neighborhood. And, you know, from there, then we started doing some different kinds of pop-up wine bars in addition to our private events and in addition to our wine tastings. And so we just kept layering on these new new features and such. Uh, now it's the point where we've really learned a lot about our business over the past couple of years, and we're ready to make that jump into a brick and mortar. And, um, you know, of course, we're looking in that neighborhood that we fell in love with so much. Sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, that that background that I have, this kind of weird mix of, uh, you know, the data centric side, as well as this kind of customer service service industry experience um, really has converged nicely for me. So I get to now be the business that's doing good, making an impact, um, while also making money and, and serving the community. Well, that's it's really interesting that with your background, how it kind of fits into what you're doing now, because like you said before, with community community development. It's really about getting out there and reaching people and talking to people, touching the public and things like that. And you transfer that into your bartending experience. That's what bartenders do. It's like in some bars, the bartender is almost like a therapist because everybody talks <laughs> to the person. They know, them, you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. so it's really a great mix because I think that uh, your skills that you learned in community development and you know economic development ended up transferring right into the slot with Brute Detroit. Um in terms of let's go back a bit and talk about a little bit more about your community experience. So when you were working in Detroit and you were looking at some of the, like the areas like Grandma Rosedale and some of the other areas you were servicing through U of M Dearborn, what did you first think when you first started doing your, uh, your work and what kind of aspect did you see potential in after you've gotten started? Well, it actually goes back a bit further than that. So I uh, I grew up in the suburbs, which to me was, you know, everybody has their opinion about the suburbs. And I really didn't care for the just the, the community that existed in the suburbs. Um, I I felt like it was very disjointed. All the houses were really spread apart. Like I just I didn't I didn't like that you had to get in your car and drive 15, 10, 15 minutes to get somewhere. Yeah, and I decided I was 19 that I was going to just pick up and move downtown and start, I started going to Wayne state and I lived right there off Cass and Ferry. And, um, it was my first real kind of, uh, jump into urban living, city living. And I absolutely fell in love. Okay. And not only that, but I was just surrounded by the cultural like center, <laughs> like, you know, that, that, um, area in the city that is just architecturally beautiful and, um, you know, very full of life and history. And that to me was just, you know, that was, that was it. It was pretty awesome. And, um, I also at the time was bartending downtown and I had a few gigs, you know, doing a bunch of stuff, um, bartending, uh, like nightclubs, restaurants, um, worked at a casino, you know, all, all the, (laughs) the cool places, I guess that folks go. Um, and, uh, so I really, you know, my first real jump into Detroit was in Midtown, you know, back before it was cool. This is, you know, maybe 15 years ago. And, um, the, uh, you know, so I'd say like, that was just my first real, jump into it. And once I started bartending downtown, I also started to pick up on this um, Detroit hospitality that I think was really it, it fit with who I was. You know, there was just this kind of, um, you know, palpable spirit of, hey, who are you? What's going on? Talk right. to me. You know, right. you just kind of rub elbows with folks that um, that you may or may not have ever thought to strike up a conversation with and um you know you just learn so much about yourself and so much about other people and you know so there was I, I would say it's not necessarily a a location I, I guess in Detroit but it's more of like this energy that you find especially when you when you take yourself off the beaten path a bit and um and you get to know like people where they are and um that to me is I think more of kind of, I find myself doing that, not just in Detroit, but in other places. And that's, you know, another reason why, why wine was so like, I gravitated to it towards it. I guess I didn't run from it because sometimes people run from wine because it feels a little unapproachable, but, right. um, you know, in my travels around the world, I studied abroad in France and, um, my dad lives in Japan and I've been to a few different, you know, other 
other places in Europe. And, you know, my first kind of instinct is to get off the tourist path and go and explore and, and do the same thing I did when I moved downtown is just start talking to folks that you may not have ever talked to. And, you know, in other countries, you may not even speak the same language, but you kind of share a glass of something, you know, right. whatever's in whatever's in your cup and you cheers, you, you laugh, you make new memories, you share old ones. And it, it just really brings the world into a new light. And I think we need a little bit more of that in today's world where you get to meet people and, you know, realize that we're all a lot alike. And, um, back to Detroit, you know, that, so there was this energy of, of folks just, I, I just absolutely loved being in that kind of service industry vibe. And, um, the, uh, I, I would say though, as I, as I, that took me into my studies and learning a little bit more about community development and city planning and economic development. Um, you know, I was really drawn to, and I think probably out of circumstance too, like maybe projects that were placed before me, but opportunities kind of started to present themselves, um, to experience a little bit of the East side. So I got to work with folks on the lower East side action plan and, you know, really get to know the, the spirit on the East side dealing with all this vacant property. How are folks starting to, um, take control of what's in front of them? And it was a really inspiring, uh, process to, you know, just be able to a observe but be even be in the same room as as some of the residents that were just so powerful and um really just stewarding their communities and then of course northwest kind of grandma rosedale area i got a a chance to hang out with folks at the farmers market and talk to new businesses and and farmers from around the region and why they were there and then the residents on top of that um i got to be invited back to do a few different things through the lens of brute and that you know, in the future, but, um, you know, just opportunities started to present themselves to just become more ingrained in the community. Uh, I got to work in Osborne for a while and, and work with some really amazing folks over there doing just such, such cool stuff yeah. in a really hard way, you know, and it's just, it's really like every day they're moving the needle and, and that was, I think, too, what appealed to me um, from a community development and an economic development and social enterprise perspective, that you have all these nonprofits that are doing so much work in the city. Oh, yeah. And they're spinning their wheels sometimes because there's just no capital behind it. Right. You know, or they've got to go find more money. And, you know, to me, the appeal of social enterprise was that we could um, – we could start to marry some of those things together and you could see now the mission being funded through a business venture, you know, really directly tied to that, that mission. Right. And, uh, you know, so I, I, it, you know, the other layer of brood is that I can, I can now live that as a business on a main street, you know, on a, in a commercial corridor, I can be community centric. I can um, give back and I can, you know, create a business philosophy and a community within my own kind of business culture that really nurtures that idea that we're here to, you know, do no harm and we're here to make an impact and, and we can do that because we also have a viable business and we, we love and nurture that as much as we love and nurture our mission. Um, and so, um, so those are some of the neighborhoods that I, I really got a chance to kind of dig in and, you know, again, tying back to that Detroit spirit, <laughs> like it, it all just kind of reinforced, you know, it wasn't always easy and it wasn't always pretty, but you know, it, that like, I just definitely couldn't envision being away from Detroit, I guess. Actually, I remember my, my interview when I was at, um, interviewing for my job at U of M Dearborn. I'm like, I guess the reality is, is I just never left. You know, and I guess some right. people could look at that as a bad thing, but I found something we're staying for. So, you know, take that how you want, but it just, you know, I'm still here. So. Another thing, Nicole, too, is that, and it's great with your community and economic development experience, you've been able to go around the city and see what's going on in different pockets. Because the thing about it is the city is so unique in the, the the culture of each area, every neighborhood has its own flavor, it has its own dynamics mm-hmm. and everything else. But you, like myself, I've been all over the city my whole life. And just to be, like you say, be able to see like what's going on in Osborne, what's going on in Lower East Side, what's going on in Grandma Rosedale and other areas. It's just amazing because it it's the, the it's like the, the, the common thread of energy that ties them all together is you feel the resurgence no matter where you go no matter where you are you de- mm-hmm. you do see the resurgence and everything and uh, for the, all of you out there listening i met 
Nicole, when she was out here doing the community development and when Brute Detroit came about, I was excited about it because I think with with the whole with with wine tasting and everything else, you brought it to areas in the city that people are not familiar with that. I mean, people may mm-hmm. go to the liquor store, they may go somewhere else, may go to the club, may go to the, yeah. a bar, but you know, you, you get beer, you get vodka, you get everything else. But the real true art of wine and wine tasting, you really brought that as a presence. And I think that's why you all, the group at, at Brute Detroit as a whole really has brought a sense of energy just to something like that. Because like you said, being in Europe and being across the seas, you've seen, how those cultures, like take France for example, France is big on wine. They they, you know, they drink wine like we drink like water. You know, they, <laughs> they they really do. So it's like being able to to be a connoisseur of that wine and be a connoisseur of that thing. You know, it's really interesting. Um, and I'm just glad that you brought brute to to the city because it it it's a cultural thing in my opinion, and it, it exposes mm-hmm. people to a culture they never never knew existed. And right. uh, I tell you all, folks, every every event nicole has put on i've been there her and her husband steve they've been rocking the cheese plates the my, <laughs> my thing is i overload on sangria every time i'm going you know because they always they get a, they get a bottle set up there right there for me and i'm loving it um and i really appreciate that i really do and you know the thing is um when 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 you look at your business and what you're developing what what would you say are some of the valuable life lessons that you've learned in developing your business Oh, Don, we might have to have a bottle of sangria just to chat about that. Um, Gosh, you know, it's funny because I feel like, I feel like just in life, you know, (laughs) the grass is always greener and, um, you know, the second you, or maybe in hindsight too, you look back and you're like, well, geez, those were the easy days, you know, and in the moment you feel like everything is so hard and you're running in water and it's just you know, things can't move fast enough. And, you know, so I guess right now I'm at this point where we are, we're taking it to the next level and, you know, this, it's getting really real, like lots of money on the table, lots of things moving and lots of moving parts. And, and I look back at some of those early days where I'm like, God, the the hardest thing I had to worry about was if I sold one extra ticket, right? Right. you know, now it's just, Holy cow. You know, the, the, the game just changes. Um, and so I guess though, at this point, I've also come to learn that sometimes you can't just, you you just don't need to sweat the real small stuff. You know, it may be big to you because everything is relative, but at the end of the day, you really have to weigh that real time against something that, you know, could potentially be a lot bigger deal. Right. Right. And so it's just this, there's a a level of foresight you have to have about, you know, your, your immediate problems, like what you're looking at right now and the potential for a ripple effect, Um, you know, because you don't know what's around the next corner and um, you can't allocate all your time and energy on one little thing when you know that something's just waiting for you. Um, And so I feel like that, that's been a hard thing to kind of, um, really get into now. Uh, it's, it's just definitely an evolving scene all the time, constantly. And you're just always learning and applying. And I guess I've gotten pretty good at being able to do that on the fly. Um, I can triage any situation I think in pretty well, um, just because every situation (laughs) has happened. So, um, you know, you're, or most situations, I guess I don't want to tempt fate, but, um, you know, it's just, you learn and if you're not learning, then what's the point, you know, like you don't know everything. And so if you, if you walk into a situation, assuming you do, um, why are you even doing this? Um, I just don't under, I, if, if I day one assumed that I knew everything and now looking back, knowing what I know, I would just walk away from myself, like the younger version of me at this point. Cause sure. it's just, it's just silly. But, um, I would say that beyond just kind of evolving and adapting and, and understanding how to kind of measure your, um, time and, and your attention, um, is just the, the humility of it. You know, it's a very humbling, humbling thing. So as you learn and grow, I mean, I think that that's, that's the point and that's the value that you get. So even as you fail, you know, you're still moving forward, you're failing forward and all of those little 
cliche things you can you can find in books but you know it's true it's like you you put one step forward and even if you have to take a step back you kind of stumble like to the side it doesn't matter your momentum is still behind you and um you know I think that that there's been some really rough days I've had a rough week you know and it's like you have to have faith that that momentum is still behind you and even if can't see it and sometimes you can't feel it <laughs> and you, you just you kind of want to like curl up in a ball sometimes but it's you you genuinely have to to rely on that that faith that that momentum is pushing you forward that you started enough of it and you you know and in the good moments you were able to kind of keep the ball in the air and um push forward enough that it, it sustains you through the the rough times because it is a lonely road and um you know, but that that also means too when you have those those moments, and we've all had them, where it just all kind of comes into focus and it clicks clicks together, and you just look out and you're like, "Holy shit, yeah. I did it!" Yeah, and then you're looking <laughs> back like, "Wow, this is what I created." Oh man, you know. Gosh, you know, it's just such a beautiful thing, and so you know, tapping back into those moments. And they might be fleeting, you know, it might be an hour, it might be 10 minutes, you know, where that finally clicks in um, and you can appreciate it. But while that's, that's the momentum I'm talking about, that's what's got to sustain you. And, um, you know, it's, it does happen, but I will also say too, um, you know, I feel pretty strongly that when you tell the universe, you're going to do something and you follow that up with an action, even if it's small you know, those, those next steps become a lot easier yep. and the next ones and then the next ones. And it's a really powerful thing. Um, you know, you decide, and I know a lot of folks out there, like I talk to students, um, other entrepreneurs, things like that, where they're like, well, I don't know. Am I ready? Should I take this step? Should I quit my job? And it's like, you know, you obviously on the ground have to know your circumstances. Nobody can tell you that. Right. Uh, you know, there's, there's some pretty smart people out there that have already talked about this, but I'll say though, when you feel like that time, um, is, has come upon you and you're ready and you could be ready. I think it's just the most powerful thing you can do is just go ahead and take a step and believe in yourself blindly, not really even knowing what outcome is, is going to befall you, but you really make that, that leap and that step. And I did it and I started, I made that step into consulting on social enterprise. And then now here I am opening a wine bar, you know, it's like, you really don't know what that path is going to, is going to hold for you or how it's going to zigzag all over the place but um it's a really powerful thing just to take that first step or you know another step now where i'm about to invest in my you know i'm 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 taking personal money you know like big chunk of money <laughs> to invest in this idea right okay. you know like it's another big step that you take and you know i've done all my due diligence and homework but it's again you still have to ju- somebody's got to take the step you know right. somebody's gotta take the leap so um so yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely a very powerful thing that I always advocate. <laughs> well, th- let me ask you this. Um, you brought up some interesting points just now. And the one question that's burning in my mind right now in the moment is how did you know when to state, how did you know when to take that leap and, and step out leap of faith for your business? How, when, when did you know? I mean, I know it had to be some kind of spark. So what, what, what was the, the groundbreaking moment that you had to have the courage Perfect. to do that? For Brute? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, honestly, I think the Brute evolution is um, a bit more boring. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Largely because I feel that a lot of it was very organic. It just naturally grew. And, um, you know, we had our first tastings. We got our next private cl- or our first private client. It just, you know, it just seemed like every time we turned around, there was just another opportunity that made logical sense. And I think that was... Um, I'm not tooting my horn, but we, I, I was very intentional about the way that we were going to start and the way that we were going to grow. And I, I let go enough that, um, you know, opportunities evolved on their own. Other times I stepped in and, and kind of forced something. Yeah. Sometimes when I forced things, it didn't work out as well. Um, so I, I got kind of good at, you know, nudging things along enough that, um, that I could, kind of help that momentum, I guess, and then, you know, step back and see what happened as a result, you know, and I did this on a small enough scale that it wasn't, um, 
it was easy for me to fail and it was easy for me to learn and it was easy for me to succeed because there were little things that were all contained. So, you know, I took that big idea of opening a wine bar that had a huge price tag sure. attached to it and I reverse engineered it into something I could do tomorrow, which yep. is a wine tasting. And that became, it, it made the whole process much more approachable and much, um, I wouldn't say easy, <laughs> not easier, but, um, you know, there were certainly challenges on, on each, at each point and each level, but, um, but I really took my time to learn everything. And so now here I am over two years, um, from the beginning and I have just a wealth of information about my business, about different markets, about different types of events and product lines. And, you know, I, new things have started to emerge from, uh, really nowhere that I, I never even thought of as an opportunity for us. Okay. Um, and so I would say that, you know, it, it did get to the point recently where I'm like, okay, well, I got all this information. I got, you know, a great community. I got, you know, folks like you, Senior Don, kind of, you know, <laughs> supporting us and, and, and helping us when, when it does feel a little rough or, you know, it, it, it is feeling like it's just becoming really hard. Um, you know, we've got this great community. I, I really need to step up and take it to the next level. And sure. I would say that 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 really happened last November, probably. You know, towards the end of the year, I'm like, okay, you know, we've grown a lot. I've learned a lot. I'm ready. Yep. You know, and I'm I, I'm ready enough that I know that I'm. I, there's a whole bunch of new things I'm I'm gonna learn. And you know, I looked at my my husband. I looked at my daughter. I looked at my family, where we were at. It's just like, you know, I, I think I'm worth it. Um, you know, I'm still a human and I have those doubts, right? But, right. Um, but yeah, I, it was just kind of one of those uh, shit or get off the pot, pardon the French. But, yep. I, you know, it. and again, I took that one step and the rest got easier. And sometimes, and, you know, even today, today I felt like I took 10 steps back. You know, even though I was still moving forward, it still felt like I took 10 steps back. Mm. Um, and I've gotten good, though, at knowing that even when you have those days that you feel you're going backwards, you're still going forward. Yep. It's just that experience that helps kind of coach you through it. But um, but yeah, I mean, it was it wasn't too long ago. And so a lot of it's fresh. And I'll tell you, the honest truth is just every day is is an up and a down. And yep. again, without that momentum, without talking to people like you, Don, without, you know, doing, and I, I started doing some complimentary wine tastings at Bamboo. Right. Um, because I missed my community. We had a few slow months, you know, just the service industry starts to kind of die down a little bit after the holidays. Um, and I just, I needed to give back. I needed to touch back into, um, tap back into why I do this and talk to people and just, socialize and you know I, I feel like it's self-serving but I I just I genuinely need to be around people that remind me this is why I do this yeah. and um you know I can't I can't say it enough it's just uh you know it's a it's a village kind of and in the service industry it's a hard hard world sure you know it's pleasing everybody because I don't just have a particular market sometimes sure um so I, uh, so yeah, I started doing these little, little wine tastings or little, little social hours that just really helped get me back on track mentally. But, um, but yeah, it's just, it's just a decision that ultimately you have to make and you have to certainly weigh out what's on the ground and what's in front of you. But if you're, if you're growing in a way that is conducive to you learning and iterating and, and doing that in a way that um, allows you to bootstrap. I guess that's, that's really what I did is I, I yep. stayed pretty lean. I didn't spend a ton of money. Okay. I just tested my idea out and tested my idea out and tested my idea out. And out of 10 ideas, maybe three worked, you know, right. but I was able to, um, to keep the costs relatively low. And, um, so once I did enough of that, then it was time to really take it to the next level. So, well, the thing is, Nicole, I think, um, several points. One of the biggest points is that, and this is for all you listening out there too, please take note of this. As an entrepreneur, entrepreneurship is a process. It's a, it's a way of life. You learn about yourself during that process and you learn what your fears are, your faults, your, your strengths, yeah. your weaknesses, all of that. And, and as you learn about yourself and you grow, 
so does your business grow and you know yeah. that that's that's mm-hmm. the beautiful thing about it and mm-hmm. um you know and that's why i was glad you you got hooked up with people like you know amanda bamboo detroit and other people because mm-hmm. i mean if you just think about over the last couple of years you know you've been dealing with people like scott rutterbush and mm-hmm. you know amanda and you know being able to be over on at west village with uh with Godwin and a lot of mm-hmm. people that you've been partnering with is just been able to branch out and, and service people wherever they, they are. Um, mm-hmm. And I, and I, I just look at even the events I've been coming to supporting you. I, I've seen the people, the, the people that come through as customers, it just seems like they're really people that are willing, that are willing to be a part of something and, and they come and enjoy themselves and meet new people. And, you know, I tell you anybody out there listening, if you're not if you're not from Michigan and Detroit, or even if you are, next the next time you see any event you, and you're in the area and you see a group Detroit event, please come out because the wine tastings are out of this world. And uh, Mike, who's the sommelier, really goes through a thorough job. I mean, he he knows wines in and out, just backwards and forwards. Some of the stuff he knows, I'm like, wow, he really knew that because I'm just looking at a wine like <laughs> color and a little taste different. Okay, whatever. <laughs> and for those of you who don't know, a sommelier is actually a wine connoisseur expert who teaches you how to look for wines, how to maybe even discover what kind of wines you like and dislike and gives you a chance. They teach you about different kinds of things about how wines are grown and created, uh, what the different shades are like, what kind of some, even with, um, if you look at rosés, there's ones that have pear in them. There's ones that have grape in them. There's ones that have different fruits in them. Some of them have a smoke. Some wines have a smoky taste. It's just, it's a fascinating thing to understand what wine is and how it's, how it's made. Um, and just uh, the whole thing about Brute Detroit to me, again, brings a certain sense of, of a, it's like you bring that deep, the Detroit version of wine tasting to the whole thing. It's like it has its own flavor to it. I mean, you think about wine tasting and a lot of areas do great things, but with Brute Detroit, it, it and that's why I'm glad you named it Brute Detroit because it just, something about it just has that Detroit attitude towards it. You know, it's just, people coming together and, and enjoying each other. Um, and then the other thing I wanted to ask you too, Nicole, is like with Bamboo Detroit, how was your partnership with them? Cause I know you've done a few things with them. Um, and just wanted to, if you could explain a little bit about um, working with Bamboo and what, what, what's your take on Bamboo Detroit and what they're doing as well. Oh gosh. You know, I couldn't, I honestly, I, I tell everybody when I meet people, um, you know, if they're looking for uh, a way to get involved in this kind of entrepreneurial business community in Detroit, or they want to network or whatever, I just, I, I really always push them to, to bamboo. Um, and the one thing I say is that I wouldn't be where I am without bamboo. Sure. Um, you know, it's, it's beyond a community. It's, it, it really is like a family, you know, and there's a culture there that I think is, is just a, a, a beautiful kind of portrayal of what, what happens in Detroit where, you know, everybody's, you know, you're not always going to get along with everybody. Right. But at right. least in this community, there's a sense of how can I help, you know, or give first. And I think it, it, it's such an important aspect of uh, an ecosystem to have a place where you can go that is so genuinely um, supportive. Sure. And whenever I talk to Amanda, you know, it's just like, I think the, like the first phrase that usually comes out of her mouth after the the pleasantries of, Hey, how are you? Is, Hey, what can I do for you? How are things going? Yeah. You know, and anybody that knows Amanda, I think would agree <laughs> that that's just something that she says. And oh, yeah. I just, I, I can't, I can't speak more highly of, of the community. And I think, you know, coming as coming in as a business, um, so I started doing the social enterprise consulting is kind of how I started. And that's how I became a, um, a member of bamboo. And oddly enough, I feel like as we're talking about, you know, taking steps and into like leaning into your business or whatever uh, venture you're looking at, I feel like the bamboo step was a huge step for me. Um, you know, it was definitely, I think the first time that I started to pay consistently for my business, you yeah. know, have a, a real consistent expense, um, which, you know, even, even those nominal amounts do add up, you know, and it's, it's an investment in your idea. And, um, you know, I think the, there was so much value in, in being stuck, but being able to turn around and just tap someone on the soldier so, uh, shoulder and be like, Hey, can you look at this blog post headline? You know, what do you think? Yeah. And, 
you know, or when you're having one of those kind of crappy days, look around and you see a friendly face and you just kind of start chatting. And, um, you know, so there's like that water cooler vibe where you can get to know folks and just, you know, just chat and not have to talk about business. But then there's those also very kind of, um, well-rounded, robust, um, uh, diverse community that you can also tap into. Absolutely. And as, as now a business that isn't, you know, your tech business or a consulting business or anything like that. So I kind of feel like I'm, I'm almost the, the weird one in the group. Um, you know, there's still so much value. I mean, I was just talking to a couple of folks the other day about food photography. Like I want to start taking pictures of our, our cheese and charcuterie boards. Oh, you know, yeah. there was so much advice that was just flown around in a matter of five minutes that my head spun. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, oh yeah. Oh you yeah. Know? Or, um, you know, PR teams that, that are there. Um, I just saw there was a new name on one of the doors for a construction company, okay. you know? So it's like all of these things, you know, um, you're really in an ecosystem. Oh yeah. And, it's just, it's, um, it's really valuable. Like there's just no other way. There's no other word. It's just valuable. You know, it's valuable from an, an enrichment kind of perspective. Um, like just nourishing your soul because yep. again, entrepreneur is really hard. So finding people who are like-minded, um, really helps, helps you weather the storms. And then there's also this other side of really helping grow and scale your business because a, you can find talent that can help feed into your, you know, your current business need, but then you also have this like community of a network and you can, you know, network each other. You can network off of them. You can get referrals. You can refer people to them. I mean, it's just, it's a really great, um, it's a great setup and you know, they're just, they're a class act. I mean, I just, I can't think of, um, again, another community that really, um, and there, I say that not to discount other communities that exist, but I've just really found a home at bamboo and, you know, I look out at becoming a brick and mortar business, um, hopefully within the next year. Um, and I, you know, I, I still think that there's, um, there's a place for me in bamboo, even if I have my own brick and mortar. Sure. Um, again, just because it is a community, it's not just a place. Right. Exactly. And the thing is, uh, the community that we all are building here in the Detroit area is unique because it's it's like the entrepreneurship journey is the entrepreneurship journey. It doesn't matter what your business or service is. There's mm-hmm. a lot of been a lot of the concentration on the tech scene. And, you know, primarily a lot of members of bamboo are, the, are tech entrepreneurs. But mm-hmm. at the same time, we all have the same kind of journey with, with trying to discover ourselves and grow our businesses as well. And mm-hmm. and one thing I say about what's cool about the tech industry as a whole over the last 10 years um, is that it's been almost 15 years now where as these companies grow and scale and become huge mega companies, they create an atmosphere of comfort for their employees and for their partners. And, you know, so you have all this stuff like the, the in, in-house cafeterias, you have the Mm-hmm. the stations get the guys and ladies can get beer and other stuff. So, you know, when you, when you transfer that all, you know, and that's going on in the tech industry around the world, but when you bring it back home to Michigan and the Detroit area, you know, like you come to a bamboo event, you know, the beer is going to be flowing, the food is going to be flowing. And then here comes brute Detroit, because I think that <laughs> if you think about it, your service is actually a support service for all this stuff, because that's where your business comes from is from supporting all these events. And so most mm-hmm. events, whether they're tech or not, are going to have food, drink, and everything else to co- to coincide to help people become loose and help people become more comfortable as they're meeting other people. So then that's where Brute Detroit comes in because then Brute Detroit says, hey, we got some wine here if you want to taste, you want to relax. You know, it, it, it gives us a level of comfort to the population that comes through those doors. Mm-hmm. And so that's why it's like, like you said earlier, you may be, you think it's weird, but I think it's unique because <laughs> that that's something right there. I mean, right. That's, it, it's, it seems like a small thing, but that thing right there, I mean, you, you, you're saying, Hey, I'm here to support cause I'm a, I'm a part of this group as well. And you're well received. And that's the beautiful thing about the whole thing. It's not like, like somebody, it's not like somebody would come in and say, what is she doing here? No, it's like, wow, what's that? <laughs> oh, why? Okay. And then you find that a lot of people that come to events. I've, I think I talked to somebody at the uh, last wine event they were saying, you know, they always buy wine at the store and this and that. But then they saw the kind of wine that you had. It's like, oh, I'm gonna have to try this next time I get a bottle of wine. And that that's the that's the process. That's the that's the camaraderie, the connection. 
and mm-hmm. that that whole and that just ties into the whole spirit of our area as well. And you know, I can go on and on myself about that kind of thing. But um, mm-hmm. but in terms of Brute, what 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 services do you all actually provide through Brute Detroit? Well, that's um, as I kind of alluded to over our conversation, has definitely grown quite a bit. Um, so basically, I look at Brute as providing. Um, we do kind of public facing events that I've broken up into two different categories. So these are events that anybody can come to one, um, one aspect of these types of events are that we have ticketed events or we have our pop-up wine bar and the ticketed events are our wine tastings. We have, you know, a few different types of wine tastings that we can do, but usually they're, they're facilitated. You sit down, we give you a glass, um, Mike, our sommelier or other wine staff that we have, um, we'll kind of walk you through the wine that you're tasting, help you understand how to taste it. You know, what's the appropriate process to go through to really help you maximize what your experience is. Right. Um, talk about the grape that we're, we're trying or grapes that we're trying, where it came from a little story about the winemaker because all winemakers are really just farmers. So right. it's to get to know their story. Um, and really ask, ask you questions about what you liked and what you didn't so that you're better prepared to figure out what to order next time, maybe at a restaurant or what to buy when you go into your local uh, local liquor sh- shop or, or wine store. Um, the pop-up events that we do, the pop-up wine bar, are um, they're more kind of open to anybody. Think of them as kind of just like a, a literally a pop-up bar. So we kind of create this bar atmosphere. Right. Sometimes we'll food, sometimes we won't. Um, but we usually have, um, you know, a nice blended menu where we have wine, beer, sometimes spirits. Um, the most uh, the most easy pop-up to reach us at on, on this type of event is our uh, seasonal beer and wine garden in the east, um, east side of Detroit. It's in the Indian Village, West Village area. We're open Monday, or I'm sorry, not Monday, but Friday through Sunday every weekend from May until October. And every weekend is a, is a fundraiser for a nonprofit. So you can drink for a cause. And uh, like last year, you know, just in four months, we were able to give out $21,000 to local nonprofits. So uh, we're back to do that again this year and support local causes uh, around the community and the, and the broader Detroit area. And we're really excited about that. Um, and it's just an open air kind of, you know, very European style beer garden. We have a shipping container bar Friday and Saturday. We have live music Sunday. We have some fun brunch stuff and we have an amazing food truck partner. Um, Yum village Godwin, you mentioned earlier, but he does uh, Nigerian and Caribbean food, which is to die for. It's oh yeah. Still and we're going to be doing some fun stuff this year with a little bit more programming. Um, you know, bringing winemakers down from Northern Michigan. Godwin's going to do some cooking series um, events, and it'll just be a really fun community space. Um, it's you know the you know the reason we do what we do. Wow. Um, so, so those are kind of like public facing events. That's what you can catch us at anytime. We also do uh, private events, so in home wine tastings, for example. Uh, we can do. Uh, business networking events. We can do retreats. We can do uh, weddings, um, anything affiliated with a wedding or cocktail reception, even like the a, a brunch or something like that. Um, you know, you name it, we've done it um, for the most part. So we are really, really trying to grow this aspect of what we do. The private events to us are really fun. We can get creative and work with any budget. Um, a lot of times I have uh, clients who are nonprofits. So mm-hmm. um, I have a whole uh, list of resources for nonprofit clients that we that we've been able to vet over the past couple of years just to really help ease the process for a fundraiser or um, a, you know, a business event or something like that. Um, so those are private events. And then um, we also do some consulting. That's the other thing. Sorry. I thought I talked about that already, but I didn't. Um, but yeah, so we've been kind of approached to do some consulting on like, a, just like event planning as well as, um, some different bars are, you know, in the process of opening or they want to do, um, kind of a special menu that they, they don't have a big wine inventory. So we can kind of jump in and offer our services, um, and help curate a special Brute Detroit wine menu that is, um, certainly 
but paired with their food menu if they'd like, or just kind of really reflective of that, that particular business. Or we can jump in and kind of help do some programming to help bring business in. Um, so different events and things like that. Um, and, you know, just all around help with, you know, activating um, foot traffic and things like that. Because really what we've done over two years is just create something out of nothing every yeah. single time we open. And so, um, so we've gotten really good at understanding how to reach people and, um, and, and, and send a message that creates kind of a call to action. So, um, so we have a few projects in the works, um, you know, working with uh, a brewery opening and, you know, just a couple other places that are, um, you know, looking for a little bit more special help, just creating a buzz. Yeah, that'd be great. And, um, doing and broadening your services like that would help also, you know, it's kind of a branding thing too, because then as you grow, your name grows. As you, the more people you work with, the more people are going to know what you do, and just, just, it's just a wonderful takeoff. And I'm, I'm happy for you, and I'm happy for Steve, and I'm glad that you guys are really taking off very quickly, because that, that's, that's the amazing thing. That there, that shows you to, to me, that will show you that there's a definite need for what you service and what you provide out there. And um, as we're getting close to wrapping up, I just want to ask you one more thing: what, what do you in your since you've been out here in the community for quite a while, what is your take on the entrepreneurial scene within the next five, 10 years or some, you know, in the future, in the immediate future, what do you think is going to happen here? Oh, um, well, I definitely think that the buzz that's happening downtown is going to certainly going to keep going. Uh, but I also think that there's going to be a real great, um, kind of rise of neighborhood businesses you know they've consistently over the you know the the last 40 years really sustained neighborhoods and things like that um but i feel like there's just this um generation of businesses that are starting to really get their footing and we see different programs and resources being provided by city the city and and other um, entities throughout the city that are designed to really help elevate uh, folks that have an idea and want to really kind of do something good for their community and um, make some money so I really think that we're going to see a lot more mom and pop places opening up in the neighborhoods and a lot more foot traffic to the community, like more, I feel like more muscle memory being kind of built within our neighborhoods that, you know, so we'll see folks just really kind of not think of, oh, well, we have to go downtown or we have to go outside of the city to do this, this or this. They're going to know that they can go to this neighborhood or that neighborhood sure. um, or walk up to their their main street, you know, whatever kind of main street there is. Um, so I, I really feel like there's just going to be this kind of groundswell or generation of of businesses kind of really just setting root in a community. And I, I've always felt that businesses in Detroit um, that I've seen really have existed or I should say businesses that have been around for a while, they've really existed to solve a problem in their community or they've, you know, not all of them, of course, but a lot of them, um, like for example, just there was, um, some cool things that, that were going on with prosperous, uh, prosperous class on, um, in the Lower East side. And I got to go to one of the graduations and the, the, you know, the, the group was just pitching their ideas and, or their businesses. And, you know, all of them were really rooted in this idea of there's a problem on my street and I have to fix it. You know, there were, they were kind of spinning out businesses around conflict resolution and how they could help like, um, disputes in a home have some sort of peaceful resolution. They were coming up with ideas for after school programming. They were coming up with ways to, um, help spin out healthy eating and things like that. And, you know, so it was just all like people just really seeing a problem very close to them and finding a solution. So I feel like now that there's more resources or there's, um, we're improving the pathways to get resources to people that need them, um, that there's just going to be another like big rise in, um, and businesses that are really starting to do good, um, and, and solving really relevant problems, um, in the neighborhood that they, that they live in, yeah. uh, which I'm really excited to see because, you know, you have a vested interest there, you, you know, you're, you're ingrained, you're, you're, you're there to make an impact. And I really love to see that. Well, I'm glad that you were able to be involved with, you know, working with all the different groups, the nonprofit groups, the block clubs and the organizations, because I think you're right in terms of Detroit's resurgence, that's the last key piece that hasn't 
in my opinion, hasn't been developed on a on a bigger scale yet. And, that, and that's to come. I think as more people see what's going on, there'll be less talk about downtown development, but no neighborhood development. There'll be more. And, you know, there's a lot of pop up businesses popping up in the neighborhoods. I mean, you have, you know, the Avenue of Fashion, you have a lot of businesses growing and sprouting mm-hmm. up over there. You got, like you say, Grandmont Rosedale on Grand River Avenue. There's a lot of businesses popping up up there. You know, like you say, Indian Village, there's 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 plenty of things that are happening. Um, And shout out to my people at the Lip Bar over there on Van Dyke. <laughs> you know, I mean, just that that story along its own. If you if, if folks, yep. if, you, if you don't know who the Lip Bar is, do a search and you'll see the amazing, go to Target and go to Target. Yeah, you're going to be going to Target. <laughs> right. Right. Thank you. Because because Lip Bar is going to be household name very soon, I believe, too. Um, So now in terms of you yourself, what? What's your contact information so someone can reach if they have questions? Um, basically, anything related to Brute Detroit goes right back to me. So um, our website is just Brute, B-R-U-T, Detroit.com. And any inquiry online goes right to me. Facebook is just Brute Detroit. Instagram is Brute Detroit. And uh, Twitter is at Detroit Wino, W-I-N-O. Um, but my email address is Nicole, N-I-C-O-L-E, at BruteDetroit.com. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, Nicole Mangus, thank you so much for your time and and all of your expertise and wonderful words of wisdom you were able to share to the listening audience. I appreciate you as always, and I thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you, Don. It's always great to chat with you. Once again, folks, this is Donald Robinson II, your host of the Doers Network, where actives grow and thrive. Well, there you have it, folks. You've just been listening to our interview on the Doers Network with Nicole Mangus, founder and creator of Root Detroit. If you want to know more information about her and her business, you can go to www.brutdetroit.com. That's B-R-U-T-D-E-T-R-O-I-T.com. And to reach Nicole directly, you can email her at Nicole at BruteDetroit.com. This podcast is produced and brought to you by Bamboo Detroit, located in the heart of downtown Detroit. Bamboo Detroit specializes in co-working space and amenities for entrepreneurs and forward thinkers. Bamboo Detroit, where we do more together because Detroit is for doers. We appreciate your support by subscribing to our podcast right here on the Doers Network. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to The Doers Podcast, where actives grow and thrive. The Doers Podcast is produced by Bamboo Detroit Network. For more information, visit us at bamboodetroit.com.